Did you know Granny McDuff now has a Patreon? You can get all episodes ad-free. Games, puzzles, calendars, and more. You can even get discounts off Granny merch. Sign up now on Patreon. Go to GrannyMcDuffENT.com for more information. Hello, everyone. It's Granny McDuff, ready with a new podcast series. Dexter, a French bulldog, lives with his human in an apartment in New York City. According to his human, Dexter enjoys eating, sleeping, and sniffing. But Dexter has another life his human knows nothing about. He is the famous Detective Dexter, solving doggy mysteries around the Big Apple and beyond. New episodes every Monday. Listen to Detective Dexter on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Good evening, children. It's Granny McDuff, ready with a story. So make yourselves comfy, and I'll begin. Once upon a time, there lived a very rich merchant who had four children, three daughters, and a son. The merchant spared no cost for their education. He insisted on his children having only the best teachers. His daughters were extremely beautiful, especially the youngest. As a girl, she was so admired by all that they called her the Little Beauty. And as she grew up, the name took root, and so she was called Beauty. Her sisters were horribly jealous, especially that not only was she more beautiful, but she was also a better person. A kinder person. Beauty's sisters put on airs and thought themselves better than the rest because of their wealth. They went out every day, whether it be to a party, a ball, or anything of that nature. The girls were there. And while her sisters kept constant company, Beauty preferred to spend her days reading books, which her sisters laughed at and teased her for. As their family's wealth was widely known, Many prominent merchants came to call on Beauty's sisters, but the girls would turn them away. They would consider no man unless he was a duke, or at least an earl. Beauty thanked every man who came to call on her, but always had the same answer. She was too young yet to take a husband. She felt she needed to stay a few more years at home with her father. And then, all at once... The merchant lost his entire fortune. The only thing he was able to keep was a small cottage far away from town. He told his children with tears in his eyes that they must go there and work to make their living. His two eldest daughters laughed at their father and told him they would stay and marry one of their many suitors. But the girls were mistaken. The men no longer wanted them. All the people in the town felt no pity for the girls, as the sisters were never kind to anyone but themselves. But for Beauty, everyone was concerned. Several men offered to take her as a wife. Beauty thanked them kindly, but refused. She felt it was her duty to stay beside her father in his time of misfortune and go with him to the country. Beauty knew she must adjust to this new life. She told herself, what does fortune matter? 
I must make myself happy, and only then will I live a full life. When the family arrived at their new home, Beauty's father and younger brother immediately began preparing the fields for crops. Beauty woke at four every morning, put breakfast on the stove, and began tidying the house and getting dinner ready. In the beginning, she found it to be grueling work, but soon she felt stronger than she ever had. Her sisters, on the other hand, lived quite a different life. They woke at ten, sauntered about all day, and complained constantly about the loss of their former life. They looked at their younger sister with scorn, cooking and cleaning, and all with a smile on her face. One said to the other, "How could she be content with such an unhappy situation?" But their father loved Beauty dearly. He knew very well she was the better of the girls, and he admired her hard work and patience. After a year had passed, the merchant received word that a ship on which he had goods had safely arrived at port. The two eldest daughters were ecstatic. They had always hoped they might return to town, and when their father set out, they begged him to buy them new gowns and ribbons. And. You, Beauty, what will you have? Her father asked. Since you ask, Father, I would request that you bring me a rose, for they are scarce here, and I would like nothing more than to have one. And so the good merchant went on his way. But when he arrived, he found his merchandise had been used to pay off his debts. He went on his way home, just as poor as before. The entire journey, he was thinking about how elated he would be to see his children again. But when he was close, he became lost in a thick forest. The entire journey, he was thinking about how elated he would be to see his children again. But when he was close, he became lost in a thick forest. It began to snow, and the wind howled. He thought he would surely freeze. Suddenly, he saw a light between the trees. He turned his horse toward it and made haste. When he was closer, he could see it was an enormous palace, lit from top to bottom. And when he entered the courtyard, he was surprised to find it empty. His horse wandered into the barn, finding both hay and oats to eat. The merchant knocked on the door of the palace, but there was no answer. He tried again, but he was shivering so violently he did not wait and let himself in. He walked down a large hall and came to an enormous banquet room with a table set for one, but covered in a feast enough for twenty. He warmed himself by the fire. His clothes were wet through from the snow. I do hope the master of the house will excuse my taking such liberties," he told himself. "I suppose it won't be long until someone appears." And so he waited and waited. And when it struck eleven and no one had come, the merchant was so starved he devoured a roast chicken in three mouthfuls. And when he was satisfied, he grew tired. But he still had not met the master of the house. 
so he went searching. Finding no one yet again, he came to a corridor with bedrooms on either side. He opened the door to the bedchamber and, exhausted, decided he should shut the door and go to bed. In the morning, the merchant woke well-rested. He found a fresh breakfast of hot chocolate in the banquet hall with a basket of sweets one could only dream about. He thought that a fairy must be the master of this house. He had seen no one, yet they took excellent care of him. Once his belly was full, the merchant went to retrieve his horse. But as he walked to the stables, he passed a rose garden. Remembering what beauty had requested, the merchant picked a brilliant red rose. Almost immediately, he heard a terrifying roar, and a huge beast hurled itself toward him. The man was terrified. Such an ungrateful guest! I saved your life by welcoming you into my castle, and in return you steal from me? I value my roses beyond anything else. You shall be punished for this offence. The merchant fell to his knees and begged, My lord, forgive me, I, I, I had no intention of offending you. I, I was but gathering a rose for my daughter. She asked me to bring her one when I returned from my journey. My name is Beast, and I do not care for your excuses. You are a thief, but you say you have daughters. I will forgive you on one condition. Send one of your daughters here to take your place in the dungeon. And if no daughter shall come, then you shall return in three months' time to serve your sentence. The merchant swore to Beast that he would return in three months' time. He had no intention of bringing any of his children to the place, but he thought at least he could see his children once more. Then go! But before you depart, go to the room in which you slept. There you will find a chest. Fill it with whatever you like and I will have it sent to your home. Beast left him as quickly as he'd appeared. The man was confused at this. He was not about to ask any more questions. At least I shall have some gifts to bring my children, he said to himself. He filled the chest with gold, locked it, and went to find his horse. His horse was ready, and the man took flight, galloping from the palace and finding himself home within just a few hours' time. He embraced all of his children, and to beauty he gave the rose. Oh, father, thank you, said beauty. Tears welled in her father's eyes, and he gathered his family round and told them what had happened. The elder sisters cried and cursed beauty for asking for a rose. Their brother was enraged. You little wretch, this is all your fault. If you just asked for a dress, our poor father would not have to leave us, they told Beauty. And he will not. The Beast will accept one of his daughters. That daughter will be me. It was I who asked for the flower. I shall see this through. It's my doing, so it's my responsibility. Her brother said, No, sister, you will not. I will go and find this monster and I will kill him. His father was horrified. You shall do no such thing. The beast power is too great. No one, not even the best knight in all the land, could defeat him. 
you shall remain here and take care of your sisters. That may be so for them, father, but you shall not go back to that palace without me, and you cannot stop me from following you. Her father knew that once Beauty had made up her mind, there was no point arguing. Her sisters did not mind this. They cared little about Beauty and would not be unhappy to see her gone. The merchant was so horrified at the thought of losing his daughter that he had quite forgot about the chest of gold. And that night when he retired to his room, he was shocked to find the chest by his bed. He did not want to tell his children that he was rich again, for they would want to return to town, and he wanted never to leave the countryside. But he did trust Beauty with this secret. And in turn, she told her father that while he was away, two gentlemen had visited and courted her sisters. She begged him to consent to the marriages and give them each a dowry. <laughs> she was so good that although her sisters treated her poorly, Beauty still loved them and felt it was up to her to protect their happiness. Her father said he would consent. And it was not long after this that Beauty and her father departed for the Beast's Palace. The horse took them on the road and knew to turn off into the forest at the precise place they had before. And just as night fell, they saw the palace beautifully illuminated through the trees. The horse went straight into the stable and found himself a dinner of fresh oats and hay. The man and his daughter went inside the palace and found a dinner served on the table, fit for a king. Beauty served her father and then herself, and they ate. Her father ate less than herself. She wanted to appear unbothered, for she knew the beast was watching them. And as they finished their supper, they heard a great noise, and Beast appeared. Beauty was terrified, but she stood straight and said, Hello? Do you come willingly? asked Beast. Yes, Beauty replied. I am grateful to you, he said to Beauty, and to you, sir, for being an honest man. But you will leave here tomorrow and never return. But her father stepped in front of her and said, Daughter, this was wrong. I, I cannot let you stay. I, I will remain here and you shall return home at once. No, father, I shall not. You will return home tomorrow morning and leave me here. And with that, Beauty walked down the long corridor and disappeared into her bedchamber. She did not think she would sleep at all, but as soon as she put her head on the pillow, she fell into a deep sleep. That night, Beauty dreamed that a fine lady came to her and said, I am pleased, Beauty, at your goodwill and honest nature. This act of sacrifice in giving your life to save your father's shall not go unrewarded. Beauty woke just as the sun was rising and she told her father of the dream. This, she thought, would help give him comfort as he took leave of her. But when he did, the man could not help but cry bitterly as he rode out of the palace gates. Beauty sat in the great hall and resolved herself that she would not weep for as frightened as she was that the beast might eat her up that night, 
She could not let herself waste any precious time. And so the girl walked about the castle and admired it. And she was surprised to come to a door that had written over it, Beauty's Apartment. She went inside, could not believe her eyes. The rooms were enormous, with the finest finishings she had ever seen. And when she turned yet another corner, she found a magnificent library and a harpsichord. Were I to stay here only a day, I doubt he would have made such arrangements, Beauty said to herself. On the desk sat a note addressed to Beauty. She broke the seal and opened it. The note read, Welcome, Beauty. Please do not be afraid. You are queen and mistress here now. Speak your wishes, speak your desire, and they will be met with swift obedience. A single tear ran down Beauty's cheek. There is nothing I wish more than to see my poor dear father again and to know that he is safe at home. No sooner had Beauty spoken these words than she saw her own home on a great mirror. In awe, Beauty moved closer and saw her father arriving home. He appeared weary. After a moment, the images disappeared, but Beauty understood there was magic in this place. At dinner, she went into the great hall to find supper ready. She sat down and music began to play, although she saw no one. When she took her first bite, she heard Beast and was right away terrified. May I sit with you while you eat? he asked. Do as you please, she replied. No, you are now mistress here. You need only tell me to be gone and I will take leave. But tell me, I beg you, do you find me very ugly? I cannot tell a lie, Beast. It is true, I do. But I do believe you are very good-natured. And I am. However, I am but a lowly creature. I do not think that to be true. This palace is yours now. I beg you to amuse yourself, for everything here is now yours. And I should be very sad if you were not happy. I, I thank you for your kindness. And I, I tell you truly, I, I see your heart. And it is good and beautiful. That may be, but I am still a monster. There are many men who deserve that name more than you. That I can assure you. I am greatly obliged to you, Beauty. And with that, he retreated and left Beauty to eat her supper. When she was alone in her room, Beauty thought to herself, Perhaps he's not a monster, for someone as good-natured as Beast could not be such a thing. The next day, she took her breakfast and later sat at the harpsichord and began to play a beautiful melody. Suddenly in the shadows, she saw Beast watching her. Beauty gasped. 
Beast emerged and held out a beautiful red rose. For you, Beauty. Beauty picked up the rose and breathed in its scent. Thank you. Beauty found a glass and poured water into it, placing the rose inside. Beauty, would you be my wife? Beast asked. Beauty was shocked. She took a deep breath to steady herself and said, No. Beast let out a frightful roar and left the room. After this, three months passed and Beauty was more at ease within the palace. Every evening Beast visited her as she ate supper and they would talk. And every day Beauty discovered more and more how good Beast was. She so much enjoyed his company that she began to often look forward to eight o'clock when Beast would arrive. The only unease she still felt was at the end of every night before she turned in, Beast would ask Beauty to be his wife. Until one night she explained, Beast, I cannot lie and say you do not make me nervous. I wish I could say yes and be your wife, but I cannot. However, I hold you in the highest esteem as my friend. I beg you, be satisfied with this. Then I must, Beast said. But you must know that I love you with the tenderest affection, with all my heart. But at least promise me this, that you will stay here. Promise you will never leave me. I would promise, but I do so miss my father. I long to see him again. I should rather die myself than cause you any further grief. I will send you to your father. And I will die of sadness at seeing you gone. No, I love you too deeply to be the cause of your death. You have shown me my sisters are married and my brother has joined the army. I only want to visit my father and reassure him that I am well. Then I will return in one week's time. You shall be at your father's home tomorrow morning, be said. And when you are ready to return, place a ring on a table before you go to bed. And I shall bring you home. Farewell, Beauty. Beast sighed and left. Beauty went to bed, very sad at the pain she saw in his eyes. When Beauty woke in the morning, she found herself in her father's house. She rang Little Belle by her bedside, and when the maid entered, she screamed at the sight of Beauty. Her father took the steps two by two, and when he saw his daughter return to him, he embraced her. I should die of joy seeing you again. You will do no such thing, Beauty laughed, and she hugged her father as tight as ever. When Beauty went to dress, she found a large chest in her room filled with the most beautiful gowns and a small box containing jewellery of gold and diamonds. Beauty said aloud, knowing he could hear, Thank you, Beast. Her father sent for her sisters, and they arrived with their husbands in tow. And both of them were quite miserable indeed. Both had married very handsome gentlemen, but one was so fond of himself he talked of little else, and the other found pleasure in tormenting others, most of all his wife. When they saw their sister dressed like a princess, they were jealous. One said to the other, 
Sister, let us keep her here for more than a week. Sister, let us keep her here for more than a week. And perhaps that silly monster of hers will be so angry at her for breaking her promise that he will eat her after all, said the other. Oh, darling, how I love this plan. But we must be kind to her, kinder than ever before, and force her to stay. And so they doted on their younger sister. Beauty was filled with joy that when the week had passed and they wept at the thought of parting with her, Beauty told them she would stay another week. But she could not help but feel she was hurting Beast, who she truly loved and longed to see again. After ten nights in her father's house, Beauty dreamed that she was in the garden of the Beast's palace and that he was laying in the grass and he could not move. She woke with a start and gasped. She touched her cheeks and realised she was crying. I am wicked to be so unkind to Beast. He has been kind and loving. He has given me his heart, yet I refuse to marry him. And I cannot think of why. He would make me the happiest wife in all the land, and certainly happier than my two sisters. To cause him any further misery would break my heart, and I cannot imagine being separated from him another day. Beauty removed her ring and placed it on the table by her bed. She fell asleep, and when she woke, she was overjoyed to find herself back home in the Beast's palace. She waited for him until the evening, but when eight struck and Beast still had not appeared, Beauty became worried and went in search of him. She looked for him everywhere and began to cry, thinking him lost forever. But she remembered her dream and rushed into the garden, and there she found him in the grass, barely able to breathe. When you did not return, I found myself distraught, unable to eat. I grew weak, and I resolved that I should leave this place. Do not leave, beast. Stay and live as my husband. I give you my hand and my heart. I cannot live without you. As she held Beast in her arms, she saw the palace light up. Fireworks began and music played. She looked down at her dear Beast, willing him to be strong. But what she saw was not a Beast, but the handsomest prince she had ever seen. Thank you, dear beauty. Your love has broken the spell, and I am once again returned to my human form. But where is Beast? I am him. A wicked fairy had put a spell on me and my palace. She said that I should remain a beast until a girl of pure heart consented to marry me. It was only you. With your kindness, who could see the goodness in me and love me not for my appearance, but for my heart. The prince stood and he kissed beauty. It was true love. And when they went into the palace, 
Beauty was delighted to see her father there, among all of the courtiers and townspeople, and all were overjoyed to see the prince again. Beauty and the prince were married that very night, and they lived happily ever after. The End And now it's time to take a deep breath and close our eyes so that we may drift off into a world of our own adventure. Good night, children. <laughs>